This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hi, LSPod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's Swindon Town. Two teams, two railway towns. Two EFL Cup penalty shootouts and two outcomes come head-to-head in the first game at the County Ground and actually the first league game of this campaign. It's Crew Alexandra tomorrow for Swindon's first game after last week's postponement. It's the presser and joining me, of course, Joe Acklam from Total Sports Swindon. Hello, JR. It felt like a long build-up to this first league game even last week, but Another week and a League Cup match in between, and here we are, finally, you would think, based on uh, the current weather, um, ahead of Swindon getting this League 2 campaign underway. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. I'm doing I'm doing well. It was fun to catch up um, with Dan, who made that long trip up to, uh, up to Peterborough to witness in person, because the likes of you and I were, were thwarted in trying to pay our cold hard cash to watch this game, and so just had to catch up on highlights the following day. Um, having caught up, and time to put Peterborough to bed. This is quite a positive uh, result, I would say, going into this game, isn't it? Yeah, I think everyone's expectations of, I would say, at the start of uh, last week, expectations were quite low, and then the signings came in. We were like, oh, okay, and then we actually played Peterborough. And 
Uh, obviously listening to Dan and then speaking with uh, my brother Alex Vlogs who went to the game last night um, it seems overwhelmingly positive really about the way Swindon performs they asserted themselves on Peterborough I think Tom Brewitt and Michael Flynn both said today that they felt Swindon had actually been the better team across 90 minutes so you know Swindon's travails in A the League Cup first round and B penalty shootouts uh, played against us in the end but I think you know, we don't we don't actually have to continue playing in the League Cup again this year, which might help with a little bit of fixture congestion, and you get the performance in any way. So I think it has to be seen as largely positive. Yeah, I would agree. And if you can get a positive result against, you know, against bigger opposition, that sets you up very well for the next game, especially you know, if you take them to a penalty shootout. Unfortunately, though, our opponents travelling to us uh, went all the way up to Sunderland Stadium of Light and uh, enjoyed a penalty shootout victory over Sunderland to the point where they're so enthusiastic they're going to refund the travelling fans who made the trip. This is the first time I've heard of a refund for a successful away mission, but uh, the vibes in the crew camp must be pretty high. Yeah, Connor Thomas is bringing those vibes through the roof at the moment. Yeah, I, as you say, it kind of feels like a you know, sort of sorry we lost 7-0 type thing, but... I feel like a penalty shootout win away at Crew in the first round is probably about as good a result as you can get in the League Cup. So, you know, Crew, as I ask eventually to Michael Flynn, uh, Crew will be tails up for this one, you would think, after that, such a big result like that. Certainly think so. Um, I'll get on to get onto the treatment table in a moment, but what was Flynn's thoughts looking back on Tuesday? He must have been asked about it. Yeah, he was, again, he was incredibly um, positive about the way Swindon had, had dealt with that game. They were, you know, it'd been a bit of a difficult um, start having to have your first game knocked off, but he, he thought, he said, he thought Swindon were brilliant and watching the game back, he continued that that same line of thinking, you know, Swindon really asserting themselves, not being afraid of what was a very strong Peter Rosside, even though it lacked Johnson, Clark, Harris in the start. Um, you know, it was it was it was a great thing to do, and they he obviously said they need to he's a practice practice the penalties maybe to to get to turn that into a better result because I think you'd you'd be dressing it up quite nicely to say any the penalties are actually anything other than shambolic from uh, Swindon's players, but you know he he was very pleased with it, and uh, particular mention out to Rashan Hepburn Murphy, who's now scored two um, near-post goals in two games against high league opposition in the last couple of weeks, including the goal he scored against Plymouth. So that's a man in hot form who um, Michael Flynn is very impressed with and says he's going to continue driving forward. So I expect his departure on deadline day, possibly to Peterborough for a nominal fee. <laughs> exactly. This is the making me making me dread and I was I was getting the jitters in the last presser and reviewing the game as well. Um talking about our absent friends and I suppose the three key people were thinking, not necessarily thinking about the long term injuries because I think the prognosis we already said will be what it will be. Um George McEachran was ill. Um, Jake Kane had a knock and still wondering about Tyree Shade so um, hopefully there's uh, some good news on those three Yeah you'd have to say it was pretty positive news, Shade we kind of already knew was getting quite close from from Monday but uh, Flynn said most likely it'll be Wrexham so that's next weekend that he'll be available for, I'm sure he'll be excited to get 
out and show his, um, to quote Michael Flynn, Premier League talent uh, on the Disney Plus cameras. Um, George McEachern, it, it was very worrying. I think everyone would agree um, just to see him suddenly out of the lineup when he seemed to be quite a key part of this cog going into the season. You're thinking, has he, if <laughs> we quickly sold him? But uh, he was just, he was ill, as has been noted, and he got a, has got over that fairly quickly. So he'll be available for Swindon. Then Jake Kane uh, was in training on the Wednesday, um, not in, f- not doing the full, which full running. It sounded like quite a tough session they put on for the for the players who hadn't presumably the ones who hadn't played a huge amount on that Wednesday, and then he's been involved pretty much since. So Jake Kane should be available again, although he's just getting over that knock. So. I wouldn't expect him to start. Not that I would anyway, to be honest. Yeah, that's it's reassuring that the the absences aren't going to you know aren't become prolonged absences. Um, and I'm just kind of wondering if that has a knock on effect in terms of any more recruitment or business that we might do today. I mean, the usual curse is that we'll put the put the press pod out and someone will be through the door afterwards. Even doing it dead late last week, doing the editing. Uh, we had somebody through. Um, I think we kind of expected would be done, but there's no guarantees or assurances it was going to be done that day. Uh, how many more is he looking to to add to what he has? Yeah, so far the press has been a good harbinger of uh, players coming through the door. But um, uh, Flynn, possibly more philosophical on this one, there was the slightly interesting point that he said maybe with the injuries he would want three players in. But um, I think he said but realistically, he is probably only going to get one or two more. Um, you would expect that, again, to be trying to add a bit more experience to the side because we have seen a fair few players come in, but beyond Liam Kinsella, we're yet to see what player in the sort of latter stages of their career come in and be a real leader in this winning dressing room. Not that the younger players can't do that, but he's certainly the only one in that kind of bracket. Um, but, yeah, there was there's obviously no specifics being said position or otherwise but he was he was certainly looking towards uh not the busiest end to the window which a few which even two weeks ago it definitely seemed like it was going to have to be but Swindon have got a good bit of business in in fairly quick succession so uh, it should be a bit calmer from here I would expect. It does sound like a stuck record here Joe but uh you may you may know that my my cousin Jack is a enthusiastic contributor on the 1912 Exiles podcast for Newport County. And one of his thoughts on Flynn was that he will drive the players very hard and that he said that those sort of little knocks and injuries might might pick up in the early season because he tends to push players. I think that Michael Flynn had a little discussion about you know how he gets players fit in this. So he might be able to give a bit more insight into that what what was his angle on that yeah his angle was and everyone who's seen Swindon so far in pre-season or against Peterborough will have already seen that fitness is going to be quite a big part of what Swindon are doing so uh, they're coming in you know he's been trying to get the players incredibly fit throughout pre-season they've found they're doing a lot of running and as I mentioned on Wednesday they worked very hard again try and get some more distance in their legs to get them further up to speed especially the ones that came in a little bit later in pre-season to get them where they need to be. So, you know, and he's he even said that, you know, he, his expectation is that the players who aren't, who, um, if they have a day off, that the players would, would just be doing that kind of work on their own to, again, further increase their fitness levels and get them into this sort of, I don't want to call it 
quite Beelzebul, but this sort of incredibly run heavy system that's going to require quite a lot of fitness from these players so we'll see. if anyone's in the Carln area check out watch out for a bit of murder ball going on on those uh, pitches out at Beversbrook because it does sound like they're getting put through their paces quite frequently it certainly does and I think I don't think this was in your notes but I'll ask about it anyway because I did hear it in the uh, in the sneaky audio and I'll ask a question about it um, in terms of you know Flynn being hard taskmaster, I think that there was news that Anton Dvorak has rejoined the under 18s from his very short stint with Gloucester City, and from the detail from that, it sounds like they want to provide some more bespoke support for him, which sounds much more much more in tune with than last year, where it was felt like people were shunted out on loan and forgotten about. Yeah, it does. I mean, I think the word specialised plan was used and everyone will hear that when my audio comes out because I asked about uh, the Dorzak situation. And it, I mean, it's not positive in the situation that Anton Dorzak sounds like he's in right now because it it does sound like it's been a, a very difficult 2023 for that young man at the moment, having come back from Gloucester already. But um, yeah, I think... They're, they're looking at players as individuals and using that sports science data they have available to them to get the players in the peak window so that they're properly able to play for Michael Flynn in the style that they're trying to get. So I think any players who are coming in late doors will be up, up for a bit of a difficult um, start to life in at Swindon because they're going to be asked to do quite a bit of running. Well, with that in mind, let's have a little listen to your audio so people can feel as reassured as I did by Michael Flynn, and then we'll come back to talking a little bit about Crew. Yeah, um, coming up against a team like Crew that had such a big result midweek against a top side like Sunderland, how does that affect things? Do you, do you anticipate them being more up for it after that kind of confidence boost? I don't think they'd be more up for it. Crew were, which I said at the beginning, Crew were always a team who play, play with freedom. Um, you know, there's no, and I mean this in the nicest possible way, there's no real expectation on them. Uh, because they'll be one of the lowest budgets. Um, they're renowned for bringing youth through. So they play with freedom. They, um, they've they had a fantastic result. Will it make them more up for it? No. Will it make them more competent? Probably. Um, because winning breeds, breeds competence. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's going to change anything. Any way they'll, they're going to approach the game on on Saturday. So yeah, it's, it's for me it's a tough game. And I think I saw Anton Dvorak wasn't involved for Gloucester last weekend, but was for the Swindon under 18s. What's the situation there? Um, with Anton, he's, he's he's back now with the 18s. So um, yeah, he will. Um, we're we're going to build him up where he had the illness last year. I think that um, he needs a more of a personalised program to to work with and to get him back to or where he should be in terms of his, um, his physical um, shape, body, whatever, whatever. His physical optimum he needs to be at. And yeah, that probably needs a more of a, a personal, personalised uh, plan. So yeah, I, like I said from the top, we were uh, a little bit nervy, I guess, about you know facing crew coming on the back of such a high. They managed to pull Mansfield back um, after taking a two-goal lead last weekend, they're not going to be pushovers, are they? 
No, um, I think Crew were probably quite close to Swindon in a lot of the one to twenty fours that people probably have listened to leading into the season. And they're, they're a side not expected to be anywhere close to challenging, but I think it's been a pretty positive start for them because with ten men they got a very valuable point against a Mansfield side who are supposed to challenge, and then managed to beat a Sunderland side that included Alex Pritchard um, on penalties in the week away from home. So no no wins in 90 minutes yet, but I think they've made a very strong start. Um, obviously, they've got Lee Bell, the manager, in there, who um, there was some good deference played to by Michael Flynn about him and what he's what he's capable of as a manager, um, what he will be in that the fact that crew have maybe adapt themselves to have a little bit more experience in their team now. Players like, you know, some players he's very familiar with, like a Courtney Baker Richards, uh, like a Courtney Baker Richards and a Mickey Dimitriou, and then Connor Thomas, who will be very familiar to Swindon fans. Um, on top of the kind of younger players that crew have always got, and I think by the sounds that they've got a handful who are coming into the sign now with some quite high hopes around them, but. Um, yeah, it just certainly sounds like they've been quite flexible so far and very tough to play against. So, Michael Flynn assuming any suggestions that Swindon, after their own positive start in midweek, uh, are going to have any kind of walk in the park this Saturday. It should be a good atmosphere tomorrow afternoon. Unfortunately, I won't be there. I'm going to be at the rugby. I'm going to be at Twickenham. But there's been such a such a a weight of anticipation of you know casting off. The, the woes of last season, having a fresh start under Flynn. He's addressed the fans uh, at halftime on the last game of the season at home. He's appeared only the once at the friendly. And this is going to be the first the first proper fixture where he's going to be in the dugout. Is he is he excited about playing in a, uh, a fairly, I anticipate, um, Excited county ground. Let's say excited. Let's go for that. Yeah, he's, he was definitely trying to whip up that excitement a bit today. I felt he was he was really wanting that big atmosphere, which definitely felt like it was missing last season. But the positive noises made of the past couple of days maybe feel like it's back. I think for obviously the 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 staff have decided that they're not going to be at the county ground as much this season to try and make it feel like a more special experience. So. It is quite possibly the first time that Tarek Uwakwe and um, and uh, Ben Ward will have been at the county ground at all, really. So um, there are a couple of players who, who haven't been involved and will get to see that atmosphere for the first time. So you know, it was a bit of a rallying cry for Michael Flynn. He was very excited to get there for the first time in a league match and really wanted to get the crowd behind them, be vocal and, and stick with a team even even in a game that might be more difficult for them than some are expecting. Well, he's given them some woes before as a manager, and I think he's even had the the pleasure of scoring at the county ground, hasn't he? Yeah, Sean Hodgetts, the uh, Denham Dynamo, was very excited to ask you about Michael Flynn's goal for Huddersfield um, at Swindon, which he said was a particularly nice weekend because he was going straight to Wales after it. So uh, <laughs> Michael Flynn, not a man who's clearly not entirely all about the football, uh, he was just enjoying his time back then, but uh, he very quickly brought it back to being on duty and said, <laughs> um, I hope it, I'm in fact celebrating some goals that Swindon are scoring at the county ground this time, rather than just my own. There's been a lot of conjecture over the past few weeks about you know Swindon's expectations versus fans' expectations. A lot of uh, 
toing and froing between the you know the doom and gloomers and the uh, the ever ever faithful. Um, what was Flynn's view on fans' expectations? Yeah, again, slightly more philosophical one. He said that expectations are a. And I, I thought this was quite a nice quote, uh, the kind of thing you know you might see written on uh, uh, someone's diary or something like that. It was a, you have you have to aim high because if you don't, you won't be able to. You have to aim for the top because if you don't, you won't reach it. Uh, kind of thing, which is nice. There's um, a sentiment. We're saying obviously the fans can have those expectations, but they need to be more realistic, and then you, you know. He, he pointed to Leighton Orient as having had one or two tricky patches last season, as every team will always do, and trying to keep consistent during that time. But then we sort of got the the more pragmatic and more boring answer of we're just taking we'll take each game as it comes and trying to win each one individually, and then see where we get to in the end, kind of thing. So yeah, he was he was certainly not telling him not to have expectations, although he certainly wasn't trying to ramp them up any further than maybe they have got to over the past few days. This is all good stuff to hear. A couple of bits of business before Michael Flynn gets to leave us. Um, I think somebody asked about Rishan Hepburn Murphy, but I'm hoping that that's all just uh, something very small and we'd hope to see him play his part tomorrow. And somebody that Dan was full of praise after making his trip up uh, to Peterborough was the exploits of Mahoney in the Swindon goal. Um, what did Flynn have to say about both of those? Yeah, well, Hepler Murphy, you can get rid of that one pretty quickly. He said that he had a slight knock against Peterborough, but there are no, absolutely no worries about him. You know, Flynn already spoke earlier in the press conference about how impressed he had been with Rashan Hepburn Murphy, and I think everyone's been pretty happy with his development uh, over his time at Swindon. Then on Mahoney, obviously, it's kind of the second time in two years that Swindon have had a goalkeeper that no one has been at all sure about heading into things. Obviously, Sol Brin surpassed any expectations that might have been had for him very quickly. And then Murphy Mahoney, who obviously has had very minimal first-team experience, seemed to wow a few people at Peterborough by the sounds of it. He made some very, some very very impressive saves, although he didn't get particularly close to any of the Peterborough penalties, uh, which were all pretty great, to be fair. But now, Flynn was very, very effusive about Mahoney. He said he was absolutely outstanding in the game and then kind of detailed the kind of stuff that we knew about uh, their relationship, that he, he'd he been tracking him for quite a while as a player and tried to get him last January at Warsaw. Um, and and the fact that he was, he'd was he come in and hit the ground running like he did in this game, it was, it was, a, it was a good positive sign for Flynn because uh, it, it showed that he, he wasn't wrong in it about his thoughts on Murphy Mahoney. He came in to make the kind of saves that he, he has been making so far. So, yeah, very positive on him. It was very reassuring. I think I said this in the uh, last game as well, because the timeline is there that that's somebody that Flynn was interested in. It's not just a dice roll of getting whoever's available from Championship uh, on loan. Um and that's that's good stuff. And I've given I've given Dan Hunt a few shout outs today because he helped out hugely on the on the recap. And also I know he'll be listening because I believe his favourite player came along, didn't he? This is Tom Brewitt, the uh, the new star of the Swindon defence after after one <laughs> one good performance against Peterborough. Well, not too quickly, because I think you were a little held up while he had some breakfast. And do we know what he had? 
I I think it was asked. I actually can't remember what he said, unfortunately. Uh, the su- the suggestion was, I think we were assuming it, it's probably Weetabix, given the way he plays on the field. But uh, I, I unfortunately I can't remember what he said uh, about breakfast when it was brought up when he came in. Ooh, got to find that information out for next week. I've got to assume it wasn't the full fry up. Probably something like you say, Weetabix porridge, something a bit boring like that. Um, how was Tom Brute reflecting on the preseason? Yeah. It's kind of like what we've already said about Michael Flynn. He said that it had been a really tough preseason, but uh, in a very good way. He was very keen to point out that uh, it had been very clear to him quite quickly that he was that the way Flynn was going to play would require a lot of fitness, and they've been they've been doing a lot of work off the field, off the field, on the field, and everything to try and get themselves ready for this start of the season, and. Uh, he said he felt like he was already feeling and seeing the benefits in the way that they played so far. So, yeah, it's been a, it's been a, a, probably a tough few months for the players who who were around and a slightly slim Swindon squad that actually did most of the preseason. But um, he definitely felt that it had been uh, a very positive experience to get all that running in and get themselves feeling really ready for how they're going to play. It's been interesting when you listen back to Rich's interview with ex-players and anyone who's had that kind of pre-season where they've been really put through the paces, they always seem to have the same thing as saying that it was really tough, but actually the best pre-season ever and they all kind of rave about it. And, you know, Tom Brewitt not only uh, got his, his fitness up and appreciated that, but he also managed to get a goal at Supermarine, didn't he? He's had, he's had quite the performances. Yeah, Swin, one of Swin's many uh, corner routines ended in a goal off of his rather large bounce um, at Supermarine. He scored from a he scored a header from a corner, and he definitely seemed quite pleased to score that. And, and I asked him again about the kind of way Swindon were setting up attacking set pieces, and he said he was very very happy to try and score a few more because he felt he actually could have got a couple at the end towards the end of uh, last season. So he was he was pleased to get on the score sheet in preseason as well, and then he was talking about the other kind of preseason games. Uh, he did feel like the the performances were there a lot of the time, but then, um, as as was said rather widely at the time, though, you know, in games like Bristol City or Swansea, when Swindon had to change the team up quite drastically as it went along, um, you know, they were they they felt the performances were very strong, and they were in these kind of games before. Uh, before that happened, and the score score lines didn't really line up to what they'd been seeing on the field, so maybe they they felt fairly confident of their own ability to perform a bit earlier than we all did. That's good to hear. Um, I've missed a game and missed the you know missed last week's game against Colchester. He is of course uh, one of the one of the few managed to actually get his feet onto that onto that dreaded pitch. Did he have an opinion as to whether the game was viable? It was it was quite interesting actually to hear his take on this. He said that you know coming into the stadium, he he'd felt he played in worse conditions when it had been raining harder. But the second he walked onto the pitch, he went, "No, there's there's no way this game's going to go forward because the, the pitch was just really struggling with with dealing with that level of rain." So uh, it does it does feel like Colchester and their ground staff have got some work to do before long because. The, the first game of the season, their pitch was wasn't being able to handle that rain, um, and they could and the players could tell that immediately. Then, I, th- I think they've they've got some difficulties coming later down the line. So, 
yeah, it was it was interesting to hear that Bruett kind of said saying that about you know he thought maybe right before this they went on the grass that it could be fine because he played in heavier rain but the pitch was just absolutely sodden and you know the ball didn't roll at all uh, in various spots so that was it was an interesting take on it I would say. Yeah, and I guess probably the most memorable thing coming out of that is going to be uh, uh, Udoka Gobinbilife's delightful singing, which I think that he was asked about yet again. If if the endorsement of John Legend is not enough, then what was Tom Bruett's thoughts on it all? Yeah, Tom Bruett, obviously a, a much bigger name in the music industry than John Legend, so... I think I imagine uh, Dokes has been waiting quite a while to hear, hear this particular opinion, but uh, the voice of an angel were the words of Tom Brewer. Um, he's, he felt like it was it was really nice. To, they obviously heard him sing the night before in the actual initiations, but uh, it kind of cheered all the players up because they were all ready to go and really excited to be playing that day. But having the game called off and going back into the changing room, uh, having having someone like Yudoka Goldman Malife. With his with his unbelievable singing talents, uh, to to rally them again, even whilst they were disappointed, was was a very helpful thing. And again, more to that team bonding thing that I feel like has been quite a big focus of the first two weeks of this season so far. That team spirit is that uh, something that helped them in that Peterborough game, and how did he feel that that went having had such late prep to go against higher opposition? Yeah, again he. He's, he sort of shared the same opinions as Michael Flynn that he he felt the performance is really top and playing it's a side that you're expecting to get in the playoffs in a, the division higher up than the new play and being able to play them that way was 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 really positive. He said that prior to the penalty getting to penalties, he felt Swindon had 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 the better chances to win the game as much as Joe Tomlinson was was trying his best at the other end to to get Peter Bafru in normal time. And with this with this new setup, we've got we've got an established back three. Seems to be the way that he would like to play. Um, does that kind of system suit him? And how does he feel that uh, the three of them worked on Tuesday? Yeah, this is another area where he feels like um, he mentioned the injury to Clayton um, as having you know maybe rocked them a little bit, leaving them a bit short during pre-season. But uh, he, he felt like. Goblin Malife stepped in really quickly, so off the field, clearly, clearly they're enjoying having him around. But he felt it it worked really nicely as a trio. Um, and then you know, in the back three, generally he felt he says he feels like that that formation makes him is best suited to him as a player because he can drive out if he needs to and have the cover behind him, and then also play the way he likes to. Um, so it really works for him as a back three in general, and then also the way Flynn's playing of it because I'm going to preempt your next question about uh, the contract situation from the summer but um, he felt that Swindon was always going to be the best place to stay even if that situation dragged on a little bit longer than we expected because uh, friends of his who played under Flynn all said that uh, he, it would really suit him playing playing in a Michael Flynn system and his chats with Flynn as well have been very positive so as, even though that did maybe drag on a little bit as he assessed some of his options he definitely felt that Swindon was always going to be the best place for him to be and uh, was very happy to be able to stick around and play in, play in this system. It definitely does feel like somebody who's slowly turning the tide of opinion uh, 
presumably both internally and with the fan base as well. But as we hinted at, he'd managed to get a goal against Supermarine. And you think you asked him about his set-piece potential. So let's have a listen. I just want to ask about, obviously, um, you scored against Supermarine, but we've seen quite a lot of exciting new set-piece techniques. Are you excited to be able to add a couple of goals to your game this season with that kind of creativity? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hats. I think that comes from Hats. Hats is top when it comes to set plays, uh, both defensively and offensively. We, we tailor what we do for a specific opposition. Um, and he, he's been top with that. And certainly for me, I think I probably should have had one or two uh, in the last 10 last season, certainly in the last day. I probably could have had two on the last game. So. so there we go. We've met a new person, Hats. Not Wayne Hatswell, it's Hats in, uh, in the camp. He sounded quite... Quite quietly confident there. Yeah, it was it was interesting having his take. If I, I don't specifically remember him having two good chances against Crawley, but he definitely seemed slightly hung up on the fact that he could have got a couple goals in that game, and he definitely seemed feels quite excited. I think I've personally been very excited by the way Smithson have attacked corners uh, in the preseason with with the Dan Kemp goal and the Tom Brewitt goal, which is. You know, and and various other big chances that that were just about squandered. So, so even about maybe the biggest team, it seems like Brewitt and Fraser Blake Tracy in particular could be rather large beneficiaries in those situations. So, it it, it will be exciting to watch to see. You know, could we get a defender get sort of four or five goals this season just because of the way that Swindon are taking set pieces? Tomorrow would be a great time to do it. Now, nearly time for us to sign out. Your prediction last time round. You were ever so close. You said it would go to penalties and you said that Swindon would edge it. Didn't quite happen there. I feel like the ball is in your court prediction-wise. So how do you see tomorrow playing out? Yeah, it was it was slightly rough getting a one-all draw, but the, the wrong victor on penalties. So um, uh, I feel like um, the, pos- the positive feeling is, is quite a nice one at the moment. So I'm going to try and... Try and keep it and predict Swindon will win 2 0 tomorrow. I oh, funny, I had your faith. I've got a feeling that this is going to be uh, yet another peg back for crew. I'm going for the score draw, I'm going for a 1 1. So we'll see who comes back. And then on Sunday evening, going into Monday morning, we'll have a recap from, I think it says here, a Rich Pullen is going to be back on the pod to review that game with whichever guest that he can get on for that. So he can reflect on how well that we both did. Joe, as ever, it's been a pleasure. We've got this down very promptly, and I hope it won't be too long until I speak to you again. Lovely speaking to you, JR. Try the box to Good run by him, and now let's go! The Lone Strangers is an independent podcast and views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The intro music of the presser is by the amazing Drag Me Down, influenced by the great Matthew Kilford. And the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy... 
or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.